Hello, GEO members and listeners. My name is Aysam Al-Ghorli, and this is the After Bargaining Podcast, a podcast on the ongoing bargaining between the GEO, Graduate Employees Organization, and the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I am joined with the two lead negotiators, Chelsea and Nachiketa, from the 25th bargaining session, which took place roughly a week ago. And uh, we are recording this session a week late because we had some different commitments, but we're always here for you. So, um, And so the same day that uh, the bargaining session took place commemorates one year since we started contract negotiations. And it's also one day after the International Working Women's Day, which is the ninth of the third month of the year, 2023. Make sure to listen and share these episodes with fellow graduate workers and those who care about labor unions uh, to learn more about the most updates from the bargaining sessions and what the lead negotiators have to say. Since we have a lot to share and discuss during this episode, and for the sake of the listeners' pleasureful experience listening to these episodes, let's get right into it. Chelsea or Nachiketa or both of you, uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what happened on the 24th bargaining session? That is not the current session, but the one before it. A brief recap. Yeah, I can talk about that. Um, thank you so much, Esam, for having us here. Um, happy spring break to you and to our listeners, and also happy payday to all graduate workers mm-hmm. who got paid today. Um, at the previous bargaining session, so not the most recent one, but the one before that, we, as listeners might recall, we had an, a very much anticipated session because we were expecting admin's wage proposal and they got back to us with an economic proposal. They did accept our proposal for summer healthcare for all years of the contract. However, in terms of wages, they stuck to their earlier proposal of a 4% increase to the minimum in year one. So basically compared to their previous proposal, they only proposed a $0 increase in year one and something like $25 worth of increases in years two and three, which since it's a 4% raise essentially amounts to a pay cut after inflation. And well, there were a lot of members at that session and members were not happy. Members felt very disrespected and displeased at admin's wage proposal. And they said, we really need more because of how high inflation has been. And in fact, uh, some of them were so angry that around 50 members walked out of the session and started protesting outside the bargaining room um, and chanting and you know really putting it out there that we we do need uh, much better than what admin has been offering us so far. And so after the bargaining session, what kind of tone did we end with? What happened after that session? Was there any new updates that happened between the previous sessions and so forth uh, in terms of organizing, but also in terms of bargaining? Yeah, so the the tone for the session, as Nachiketa was explaining, was definitely one of anger, agitation. Um, Again, members were feeling upset, disrespected, um, but also one of hope because we were hopeful uh, that admin would make movement going forward. And something that happened, I think, as a result of, you know, members expressing their their anger with admins refusal to make movement on their proposal, as well as just organizing and mobilizing after a year of bargaining uh, was that the administration finally agreed to go to mediation with us. Um, And just as a reminder of what mediation is, uh, that's when we bring in a third party to basically help the administration and GEO reach closer to an agreement because it's been a year of bargaining. It's been so long. Uh, and, you know, 
we had admin at that session again coming back with the same year one four percent wage increase that they came with in september 2022 uh, we really felt that you know we had no other choice but to uh, demand that they go to mediation and they finally agreed with us about that um, and then before the next bargaining session uh, march 8th was also international working women's day and so uh, geo members especially rank and file women um, in the union organized a series of events for the entire week of International Working Women's Day. Just to give a quick history for those of you who like to know um, the history behind uh, what you're celebrating. In the early 1900s, there were global protests by women against the cost of food. And there were also strikes and demonstrations from uh, women who worked in garment uh, factories uh, in New York. And in 1910, German feminist Clara Zetkin proposed International Working Women's Day to stand in solidarity with these garment worker strikes and with women's liberation struggles globally. In 1911, some of you might have heard about this, um, and it was a very tragic moment in history with the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, a fire that took place in a Manhattan garment factory that killed 146 workers, which were mostly immigrant women, and fueled international working uh, Women's Day demonstrations ever since. And so we wanted to commemorate this history in our own struggle um, because women play such a, an essential role in the organizing of GEO. Uh, so we had on Monday a night walk to reclaim space and we went around to different spaces on campus uh, and kind of talked about what those spaces meant uh, for working class women specifically. And to give one example, we went by the Mechanical Engineering Building, which is now named the Sydney Lou Mechanical Engineering Building, and we talked about who Sidney Lou is. He's actually the owner of Foxconn Factory um, in China that's responsible for um, exploitation of workers and also um, a lot of worker suicides where they installed um, suicide safety nets uh, at the, the factories to address the, the issue instead of you know changing those working conditions so that workers didn't feel like they were driven to that. Um, so we talked about stuff like that. Uh, that night, we had a women's circle. Uh, we had a protest on Wednesday night, which was just a really beautiful show of solidarity uh, of people across campus, where we marched from um, the quad to alma mater all around the campus. Uh, and we wore green and purple scarves. And the reason for the, the green scarf, the, the color, it came about from Argentina in 2003 in the, mo in the movement for a safe and affordable abortion, and also to commemorate the Mothers of May and their struggle for families' rights uh, for those families who lost loved ones to the dictatorship. And then finally, before the bargaining session uh, on March 9th, our most recent bargaining session, we did a Casa de Rosso uh, protest, which is when you come and bang pots and pans, and they're empty because you don't have food. You know, we can't afford to <laughs> um, feed ourselves. And so we banged on those pots and pans and marched to the session. And that bargaining session focused on women and parents' needs, especially for things like wages, health care, child care, to account for the um, massive cost of raising a family, especially while you're a graduate student. We also heard testimonials from six graduate worker parents about their experiences. Um, and so we started the session with these testimonials. And we also brought statistics about the cost of, of uh, parenthood and childcare for graduate workers. Um, so for example, we brought data from the Center for American Progress that estimated the cost of childcare in Illinois uh, is $1,182 per month for an infant, 
and $1,016 per month for a toddler. And so admin's proposal at that time when we went into the session was still a 4% wage increase and they hadn't proposed any child care subsidies. And so we calculated that anywhere from 45% to 50% of a grad worker parent's wages would be going towards child care based on those cost estimates alone, um, which is very expensive. Yeah. Well, while I was uh, away at a conference with the liberalism-infused politics, um, there was a lot happening, and thanks for all the organizers who've done that stuff that unfortunately I got to miss. But um, anything else you want to add to that bargaining session, Machiketa? Yeah, so uh, thanks, Chelsea, for all of the uh, overview about what happened in International Working Women's Week. In terms of the sort of the proposals that we had back and forth at the session, at the beginning of the session, we presented a proposal uh, to the administration. This was a comprehensive package proposal. In terms of minimum wages, we moved to 23,400 in the first year and 25,100 in the second year. That's 21% in the first year and an additional 9% in the second year uh, of an increase. Uh, in terms of reappointment raises, so that's a raise for those making above the minimum. We moved to 8% in year one. In terms of healthcare, we moved from a coverage of 100% uh, coverage of the health insurance to 95%. And for fees, we held two waivers of uh, general fee, transportation fee, and international student fee. So we are still proposing waivers of those fees for all uh, graduate workers. The admin, after a caucus, returned with their own comprehensive uh, package proposal. And in this one, they made some movement on uh, economic items. So in wages, they proposed 20,450 in year one. So that's roughly a 5.9% increase compared to the 4% increase in their previous proposal. Uh, 21,319 in year two, 22,225 in year three, 23,170 in year four, and 23,865 in year five. One thing to note is that GEO is proposing retroactive pay. So once the contract is signed, we would get pay starting back from August 2022, which is when the contract goes into effect, the new contract, whereas admin is not proposing retroactive pay. What about uh, summer health care? Um, I know that last session that you mentioned that we got year-round health care. Um, how does that play out in terms of uh, does a graduate worker need to have a waiver-generating appointment to get that for the summer? Or do they get automatically enrolled without paying fees? Could you explain a little bit about summer healthcare, how it's going to work if we eventually sign a contract that has that article? Well, uh, the proposal that what GEO has proposed is that anyone who had a waiver generating or rather anyone who had like an appointment in our bargaining unit, so most TAs and GAs, if you had an appointment in the fall or the spring, you would automatically be eligible for health insurance coverage over the summer. And not just you, but also a dependent. What the admin is proposing is that you would be eligible for the summer health insurance coverage if you had an appointment in the spring. So if you had an appointment in the fall, but not in the spring, you wouldn't be eligible. And you'd have to enroll for zero credits in order to be eligible for that summer health insurance coverage. So that's one of the differences in terms of what they're proposing. And what does it mean, to the difference between having to enroll zero credits as opposed to not enrolling in anything? Does it cost money to enroll zero credits? 
just to explain to members what does that mean yes it does cost it'll cost you some fees well i guess it'll depend on what fees we get waived as well but it will cost you some fees because i mean you wouldn't necessarily have an appointment over the summer you would be using the summer insurance coverage based on your appointment in the spring so if you register for zero credits not all fees get waived you still you have to pay some fees based on um, and and then the you you don't have to pay the tuition because you get the summer automatic waiver so you don't have to pay tuition for those zero credits but you do need to pay some fees now admin did mention on the record that they anticipate extending the same benefits to RAs as well so the difference between so if you had an appointment a TA appointment in the fall but an RA appointment in the spring we are expecting that you will still have the same summer health insurance coverage as if you only had as if you had a TA appointment in the spring okay so we got back their wage proposal healthcare now you have told us about what the content is like but when we relayed that information to members we had a caucus how did members feel about this? Did they speak against this laughable wage increase and in the healthcare benefits and childcare? What was the response like to the uh, the admin's counter? Yeah, so so like we we mentioned, um, a lot of graduate worker parents shared testimonials at this session, and they were very powerful, um, very emotional testimonials too. Um, at some moments, uh, a lot of us in the bargaining room were even brought to tears um, by how you know, strong some of these testimonials were about how hard it is to make ends meet as a parent who's uh, trying to raise a family as a graduate worker. Um, and so seeing the way that uh, the administration's bargaining team responded to these testimonials, um, you know, sometimes talking over them, um, not even looking at them or making uh, snide comments in response to those testimonials, it, that really upsets people because it, it shows that the administration doesn't take seriously the concerns that graduate worker parents um, are raising and doesn't respect them. Um, and so I wanted to share uh, a snippet of one of the testimonials that we heard. This is from first year PhD student in plant biology. Um, this uh, snippet was also published in the GOL newsletter that goes out to GEO members. And so she shared, quote, the stress of not being able to afford some of my bills had me extremely depressed the last two months to the point I've considered dropping out of graduate school because working with only my bachelors would make me more money to afford my daughter and I's living expenses. I talked to my daughter about it. I asked her if she wanted mommy to get a job and make real money or if she wanted mommy to be a doctor. She said she wanted mommy to be a doctor. I don't want to give up on my dreams. I'm here because I love learning and I'm going to try my hardest. And so we heard a lot of testimonials like that um, and it was just really frustrating to members to hear um, testimonials like that and then see admins um, basically denial or rejection of those testimonials. And there's something that I talk about with my colleagues in the College of Education but also elsewhere is that when when we say as GEO, we want health care benefits or child care, and there's so, many, so much money, so much reserves that exist in the universities, they can just literally give a small crumbs of it to us. The only deterrence from, for us to get that allotted amount is the administration. As administration has been the biggest obstacle for us to get a li living wage in Champaign and also all these additional benefits that we deserve almost I think it's a human right to have health care. 
um, for us and for our dependents and children, if we have them. And so admin has been standing against this. So wha wha what does this leave us? What does this mean right now that the admin is still proposing, um, you know, roughly what is equivalent to 5.9 wage increase, which is in normal times when there's no inflation is good. But right now it's below inflation rate. What does it mean to have year-round health care but with still 87% being subsidized as opposed to 95, which is what we're asking for? And what about the other fees? Where does, this leave, where does this leave us in the bargaining session? What's happening after this? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we do want to acknowledge that admin did make movement in their last proposal, more substantial movement than they made before, you know, the $0 year one increase before. Um, uh, they did increase their wage proposal to 5.9% uh, year one. They did agree to mediation with us. They did accept our summer health care proposal. But as you're saying, Isam, um, when inflation has been 9% since August 2021, uh, a 5.9% increase is still a wage decrease, right? We want a wage increase above inflation um, because even at inflation, we're just making enough to be able to afford that cost of inflation. We're not actually being making enough to survive. We're not making anywhere near what the living wage is um, in Champaign County. And, and that's for a single parent, uh, that minimal wage, I think it's around $35,000, $36,000. That's for um, a single adult. Uh, that doesn't include the cost of having a kid, having multiple kids, having a dependent, et cetera. Um, and so what we're really fighting for is uh, a wage increase that can go beyond just barely, um, you know, earning the scraps to barely get by on. We're trying to earn enough that we can actually afford the cost above inflation, that we can actually uh, start families while we're in graduate school, that it, attending a higher education is actually accessible for the majority of people, not just for the 1% or the select few. Um, and so we're going to continue to uh, fight uh, for what our members really need, which is um, a wage increase above inflation, uh, fee waivers, because those take out even more out of our wages uh, that we can't afford, um, and for things that parents need, like higher dependent health care coverage. When the cost of health care shot up 33% during the pandemic, that disproportionately impacted parents. Um, child care, which I shared the expenses of earlier, all of these things are costs. Um, that are disproportionately impacting the most marginalized graduate workers, and we have to fight for that education to be accessible and equitable for all. Nachiketa or Chelsea, so what's happening from right now today until next week, which is the next bargaining session on the 24th? It's going to be a Friday, right? So what's happening? Yeah, the bargaining session on Friday, uh, the 24th of March. This is going to be a crucial and critical bargaining session. We believe that the admin is going to make significant movement on their proposals if we show up to the session and pack the room. So this session is Elena Union, room C, on the main level of the Elena Union, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a seven-hour session that tells you how crucial it is. For as little or as long as you can be there, be there, show up. Uh, we really need you there. The more of us that show up there, the better we have, the better our chances of winning something that addresses our needs, that gives us a living wage, addresses the needs of parents, uh, people who have medical conditions, people from all different uh, departments, different walks of life who have like different life circumstances. All of us need to be able to afford living on this campus. And yeah, we really need you there.
In other words, if you have never been to a bargaining session, never been to a bargaining meeting, general membership meeting, stewards council gathering, any party, any blind pig social, whatever, and there's just one thing that you can do for this union and for the collective struggle of graduate workers at UIUC is that you show up to this bargaining session. Do you show up for the whole seven hours? You, you can. can. <laughs> exactly. Najee. There's going to you... be food. There's going to be coffee. There's going to be people to talk to. There's going to be stuff for you to do. And you can also bring your own work there and just do your work there in the bargaining room. Exactly. But we really need members in the room. And when we have caucuses during bargaining sessions, we check in with members. We talk about proposals. We want to hear what you think about the wage proposals and how you think we can win what you want. So, yeah, be there. Yeah, be there. I believe that there will be also Nutella is there. I've, I've heard. heard. I've heard that too. And, you know, Nutella shout out to our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually uh, well-paid, well-organized workers back in Italy. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. But uh, more on a serious note, it's very important bargaining session. Come for one hour, for two hours, for as long as you can. Leave and come back. Make make Friday plans based on this bargaining session. Invite your friends. Do all of that. This is the bargaining session. We believe something big will happen. And it will only happen if we make it happen. Thank you for listening. Share this episode. Stay feisty. Stay feisty.